hello everybody. Hola, hola a todos. Thank you so much for being here with us today on the episode six of Spanish with Carla. And like we mentioned last episode, this is the Christmas episode. And I'm going to start saying Feliz Navidad. And that means Merry Christmas. I know what you're going to say. Happy doesn't mean merry, but it doesn't matter. That's just the way it translates. But before we go and, and start on our lesson, let me tell you, if you would like to send us any feedback, please send us, visit our website at SpanishWithCarla.com in which you will find every single episode, all the notes, and also a link for you to send us an email, okay? You can ask questions, request notes, or I don't know, whatever floats your boat. Also, you can find us on Facebook. We have Spanish with Carla group, as well as Spanish with Carla page. So we have more ways uh, to interact with you, and we would love to hear from you, okay? So don't hesitate. Just write us a, a line, and we will respond any questions that you might have, all right? Well, after talking about all these things, I want to know, I hope your week went awesome. How, what did you do? Did you have fun? Did you have time to um, learn and review the previous uh, podcast? And did you learn all your words uh, regarding the house and how to say donde esta la puerta and all those things? I hope so. Um, today is going to be a podcast more um, kind of a special edition, right? Because it's going to be regarding Christmas and the holidays and um Somebody was asking me, well, how, if you are in the United States, so when, how are you going to get in this situation? Well, you can if you have neighbors that are Spanish speakers. Or how about, what if you take a cruise to any place in the Caribbean and, uh, and you are, you know, exposed to this, uh, to, to the need of speaking Spanish during the holidays? And uh, so that's the reason why we want to share with you that way you are ready to rock and roll and to have fun and uh, and you know a few words in Spanish, okay? So like I like I said earlier, so if we start with uh, Feliz Navidad and uh, and that that would be the translation for Merry Christmas. Uh, like I said, Feliz, you spell it. Are you ready? Get your marker or open your notes document. Feliz. F as in Frank, E as in Elephant, L as in Lori, I with an accent, Z as in Zebra. Feliz. That means happy. Okay? That means happy. You know, the other day I was actually watching a Hallmark a movie, uh, one of those Christmas movies, right? And I think it was either on, um, it was either Irish or England. And actually, instead of saying Merry Christmas, they were actually saying Happy Christmas. And that kind of, I went like, oh, okay, well, that's kind of the way we do it in Spanish. We say, actually, you know, Feliz Navidad. Have you ever heard that song, Feliz Navidad? Feliz Navidad, Feliz Navidad, Prospero Año y Felicidad. Okay, well, kind of the same thing. So Prospero Año is more for the new uh, next week podcast, which is going to be on the new year. That's what it means. Prospero means it has to do with prosperity and, you know, Año is year, of course. And Felicidad means happiness. So we're going to have a lot of good material for next podcast as well. Okay, so we already got Feliz Navidad, Merry Christmas. And now, um, of course, the word Christmas is Navidad. Let's spell it for you, okay? N as in Nancy, A as in Apple, V as in Victor, I as in Igloo, D as in Dog, A as in Apple, D as in Dog. Navidad. It has to do with, with nativity, Okay, um, it's, it's, it comes from, from, of course, from Latin, and, uh, and it has to do with um, the baby Jesus being born and the nativity of baby Jesus. Now, I want to tell you that I, I don't want to make this a religious uh, episode because I'm not trying to do that. However, I want to share with you a little bit of the culture 
Okay, uh, I grew up like this. Of course, when when I grew up in Mexico, my family was really, really Catholic, and you know that's just the way it is on on uh, most of Latin American countries. Um, and uh, so I want to tell you that when the same way that we say in Spanish, I don't know, Christmas celebration, right? In Spanish or in Mexico, at least, they are called posadas. Posadas. Also, I think it comes from Spain, that, that word. And, uh, and it's spelled P as in Paul, O as in Oscar, S as in Sam, A as in Apple, D as in Dog, A as in Apple, S as in Sam, Posadas. And let me tell you a little story. Again, this is not, I'm not mean to be, you know, religious. But, so, the, the Posadas is, is the celebration that we do in Mexico. Um, there is a baby Jesus, like a, like a big one, right? Like, think about it like a doll, but it's made like from some type of clay and it's normally very pretty. So people, you know, put some baby clothes to it and, and all that. So this baby Jesus, the posadas start, um, I think it's 12 days before Christmas. And then each family has the baby one day. Okay. So. The, the people go and they sing a song um, uh, talking about or referring to the story when uh, Virgin Mary went and with the baby Jesus and Joseph, they were trying to find a place for, ba- for you know, for them to be and spend the night. And uh, so basically they sing a song that in which they're asking for for a place to stay. That's what posada means. If you go to Spain and you ask for a posada, you're going to find something like a hostel, right? Like a very, not a fancy five-star hotel. No, 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 no. Posada is more, think about it like a guest house, but um, but it's a, a more simple and, you know, place, okay? Ne- normally not fancy, uh, the rooms are nice and pretty. There's no swimming pool. You see what I mean? Just a more modest place. Okay. So people go and sing, like a bunch of people, they have handles, candles, and then, and then they get to the house. And then when they open the door, everybody goes in and they eat, you know, a bunch of food and they have a piñata, which is another word that I'm going to teach you how to spell because we, we don't have a word in English as far as I know that translate piñata, okay? Everybody that I hear just says piñata, but it's the same piñata word, right? So the simulation in the piñata also is supposedly people beat the piñata and then all the candy and money uh, falls from the piñata and all the kids run and grab it. It's supposed to be gifts from, from you know, God to the people that are there celebrating his son, Right. And um, so there is a lot of cultural background involved. And the reason why I'm telling you is because if you go and you see all these things, you don't go like, what are these people singing for? Why are they carrying a baby? And then when they open the door, then the person, okay, so everybody goes singing, somebody's carrying the baby Jesus, right? So when they knock at your door and then they open the door and then they celebrate in there, okay, so that is the day in which the baby Jesus is going to spend the night, okay? And then, and the people normally have like an activity, they just are missing the baby, right? And then the baby is always, um, you know, kind of laying down, they put it there in the little, um, little crib and on the hay and all that. And the next day they all go grab the baby Jesus and go to another house and do the same. So it's a bunch of partying in there. Okay. There's a bunch of good food and, uh, and piñatas and, and, uh, and of course, very important. If you get stuck in one of these uh, posadas, be ready because they're going to have you pray. Okay? <laughs> they do, I don't know if you're familiar with the rosary. In Spanish, it's called rosario. And it's the same. You know, that little kind of necklace that has all the little uh, spheres and, you know. So, and, and they they pray. And then after they pray, uh, everybody eats and has fun. Okay? So, just wanted to give you a little background on the way the Christmas celebration happens. Um, and uh, I also want to tell you that, of course, not everybody 
uh, follows this tradition. But when I was growing up, it, it was very, very common. I, I'm not sure if if now it, it still happens. Maybe in in a few you know uh, communities or 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 tradition. But most of people in the big cities and stuff are more into the a. They just make you know traditional food and they don't do all these baby Jesus and and stuff and singing and candles and all that. Okay. So now after I told you a little bit of the cultural background of Christmas, let's spell piñata, okay? Even though it spells the same in English, but I'm just going to spell it for you anyways. P as in Paul, I as in igloo, ñe, do you remember that? It's the N with the little tilde on top. Um, A as in apple, T as in tomato, and A as in apple. Piñata. You know what? That's one of the the things that I the, I I can tell you I never I was never able to uh, outgrow. Every time that I see a piñata, I beg so people let me beat it. I love it, and <laughs> that's one of my things. I do love it, and um, even if it's just a little bit, you know. But I love going and beating the piñata, and I never run to try to get the candy because everybody's faster than me. I think because I can't see, but but <laughs> still, I just. To me, it's kind of, it's a cool thing, right? Uh, and, and it's fun. And the kids have lots of fun with it. Um, so that's piñata. And you can find it in different forms, you know, a star form or all kinds of different forms. Um, and uh, like I said, people are so used it for birthday parties um, or any kind of parties, right? So that's piñata. Uh, and um, now... Different symbols that, that you might find and, and say, for example, you know, the wreath that, that you put on your, on your door. In Spanish, you call it Corona de Navidad. Or you can also call it Corona Navideña. Okay. Corona basically translates as crown, you know, crown. So, and, and the reason why is because it's always like round, right? It's like at this circle with all these nice ornaments and stuff. Okay. So Corona is spelled C as in cat, O as in Oscar, R as in rabbit, O as in Oscar, N as in Nancy, A as in apple, Corona. Now, Navideña is basically, um, like I told you, I already told you how to spell Navidad. But when you are going to, you're going to see Navideña, which means basically if you were saying um, Christmas Eve or Christmas dinner, or that's a way to say without having to say Corona de Navidad, people use also Navideña. Okay? So I'm going to teach you both. If you're going to say the, the, the wreath, and you're going to say Corona de, that of course is space. And then D as in dog, E as an elephant, space, and then Navidad, which you already should know how to spell. Navideña, you wouldn't have to say de. You only say Corona Navideña, and that would be spelled N as in Nancy, A as in Apple, V as in Victor, I as in Igloo, D as in dog, E as an elephant, Eñe, or Eñ. I, I really don't know how to say in English that that. A letter because it doesn't exist in English. So, eñe and uh, a as an apple. Navideña. You can say either or, and they are both correct. So, if you cannot forget what was it, Navi, what, then just say Corona de Navidad. Okay? Now, another um, uh, another thing that normally, so say Santa Claus. Okay. I am from the north part of Mexico. And there, Santa Claus, people just call him Santo. Instead of Santa, they just put an O at the end, right? So they just say Santo Claus. So it's pretty much the same. Uh, nobody's, nobody's spelling it. It's just spoken. So it's just the way they, they say it. Now, uh, Spain in the south or, or more um, center of, of the country and also most of Latin American countries, uh, South America countries, is going to be Papa Noel. 
Do you remember that song? No. Okay. Well, uh, kinda comes from there. So papa is basically basically dad, right? Papa. P.S. and Paul, A.S. and Apple. P.S. and Paul, A.S. and Apple with an accent. Papa. And then Noel. Uh, I'm thinking it's spelled the same way you spell it in English. N as in Nancy, O as in Oscar, E as in Elephant, L as in Larry. So Papa Noel. So you can, like I said, if you go and you say, ¿Dónde está Santa Claus? And you ask the kids like that, ¿Dónde está Santa Claus? Everybody's going to know who you're talking about. Okay? So don't panic about this one. I'm just giving you the background so you have an idea of you know, the, the ways that you can hear, you know, Santa Claus be, being called. Okay, so now um, let's talk about elf. Uh, in Spanish, elf is called duende. I don't know if you're going to need this, but I'm still going to tell you how you, you spell it. D as in dog, U as an umbrella, E as an elephant, N as in Nancy, D as in dog, E as an elephant. Duende. And that's your elf, you know, the Santa's little helper. So that's basically what it is, duende. And um, you can also say duende de Navidad if you want to, but duende works just fine, okay? Now, the next one, okay, normally, okay, I don't think that you're going to need this, but I'm still going to tell you just because in many in many places in the United States, you still have snow when when it's Christmas. And if you are talking to people on your state and it's snowy and, you know, they, they're Spanish speakers, whatever. Um, snow is said nieve. Okay? And that is spelled N as in Nancy, I as in Igloo, E as in Elephant, V as in Victor, E as an elephant, nieve. Okay, I'm going to give you a plus. So nieve means snow. But also, if you want to eat ice cream in most places, if you say, uh, I uh, quiero una nieve, nieve also means ice cream. Okay? There's other places in which they call it in an, another way, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach you that when we get to the foods episode. But right now, uh, I'm just going to let you know that uh, nieve can mean snow and can also mean the ice cream that you eat, you know, flavor the ice cream, the ice cream, sorry. Okay, so now the next one, okay, so you see how Santa Claus comes, you know, through the fireplace. Okay, so I'm going to teach you how to say that too, right? If you're talking to a kid or your nephew or whatever, and you can say, oh, Santa Claus is coming through the fireplace. Okay, fireplace is called chimenea. I know that's going to be hard to spell, so be sure to have your notes your or your marker or whatever you, you take notes with ready. We're going to use this letter, che. You remember that letter, che? Or did you already forget? So... That letter is, is formed by C as in cat and H as in hotel. And it makes the sound ch, okay? Then is I as in igloo, M as in Mary, E as in elephant, N as in Nancy, E as in elephant, A as in apple, chimenea. Chimenea. It's a little musical, okay? Repeat after me like they say on those uh, classes. Chimenea. Okay? That's probably a little more complicated than all the other words. So the ones that are like that, I'm going to give you a little extra repeat, repeat. Okay? So you can remember the sounds. And as you can see on this word, even though the E and the A are, you know, together, it nothing changes. Nothing changes. Chimenea. Do you see that? The E con uh, preserves its sound and the A also preserves its sound. Okay, you have both. So the next word that I thought it would be, it would be reindeer, right? That one is super easy. So it's R as in rabbit, E as in elephant, N as in Nancy, O as in Oscar. Reno. Reno. Okay, let's talk about R sounds. 
R's, okay? So normally, and, and I swear to you, when we get to the episode that we're going to talk a lot about R's, we are going to go back and touch this again. I just want to explain. In Spanish, um, you can find in many words, you can find two R's combined, okay? So that would make the same sound of reno, okay? You want to grab a pencil, put it between your lips, okay, horizontally. And when you have it there, don't put it on your, not on your teeth, just on your lips. And then start going until you get that sound, okay? That's going to help you a lot if you are having an issue rolling your R's. Can I tell you something? My kids still have issues sometimes rolling their R's. They're trying, though. They're getting much better at it. But sometimes it just escapes, right? And it, they just can't do it. Most of the time, they, they can, and they're doing pretty good. So don't don't panic if you still can't say, you know, your R's, you know, the right, the, the right way. Um. So, Reno only has one R. So, let me tell you this. When the R is in the beginning of the word, it always sounds R. Okay? When the R is at the beginning of the word, it always sounds R. When the R is in the middle of the word, it's going to have a lighter sound, okay? And so it's going to be more like R. It's going to be more like R, no like R. But when the R is in the middle of the word, and we want to have this heart sound again, R, we are going to have two R's. Okay, you're going to see, for example, on car that I told you last week is spelled is carro. You're going to see C-A-R-R-O. Okay, I'm not going to spell it like that for you because we're not on that episode yet. But I'm just trying to explain to you the R's. So if we touch it several times, you're going to get familiar with this concept. Okay, so reno. Okay, look, put yourself like in front of the mirror, re repeat, you know, it's like I always tell people, okay, my, say, for example, for instance, my name, uh, I hear my name pronounced by somebody that is a Spanish speaker and it sounds Carla. But if it's somebody that is an English speaker, it sounds Carla. Can you see the difference? It is so silly when I started actually doing a, a phone call at customer service or something. And then I discovered myself saying Carla Martinez. And I go like, oh, shoot, what happened to me? Right? It, it, it just, you just hear it so much. And it gets to the point that it, it, you just get used to it, right? So that's exactly what happened to me. So I went from Carla Martinez to Carla Martinez. And <laughs> that's just the way it is. So like I said, uh, practice, try that trick of the pencil just horizontally on your lips and go, and you are going to see that sound coming out, okay? Practice, practice, practice. Like I said, we're going to have an episode in which we're going to practice a bunch of words, but I wanted you to be able to pronounce reno. So you're going to see the R-E-N-O, don't go, don't go reno. No, it's not reno, it's reno. If you cannot say reno, you can at least say reno. Because they know, okay, that's the English speaker accent. But I know that eventually you're going to be able to roll, roll your R's, okay? All right, so let's go with the next one. And hold on, I got lost here with my notes. So the next one is going to be present, okay? This is another R word. Oh, my goodness. It's, it's, it said regalo. Okay, are you enjoying those R's? Regalo, okay? So regalo is spelled R as in rabbit, E as in elephant, G as in giraffe, A as in 
Apple, él hacen Lori, O hacen Oscar. Regalo. ¿Ok? Regalo is going to be a present. So, again, we have the R in the beginning of the word. Therefore, is the sound is going to be stronger, right? Like a motor, like a car going. Imagine that. Maybe that works. Help you roll your R's better. Now, the next word that I have is star. You know, like the Christmas star, the North Star, you know. So that word is said estrella. And this is another important point right here that I'm going to remind you. You spelled it. You spell it E as an elephant, S as in Sam, T as in tomato, R as in rabbit, E as in elephant, L as in Larry, L as in Larry, A as in apple. There is two important things that I want you to check on the spelling of this word. Okay? The first one is, as you can see, the R is in the middle of the word, and it's only one R. Do you see that? And it does, it sounds estrella. Do you, can you tell the difference on the pronunciation of that R? You're not saying estrella. No, because it's only one R, right? So, like I said, If it's in the middle of the word and it's only one, it's going to be estrella. Second interesting point about estrella. Look at the spelling of this word again. So you have the R, and we already said that the sound is very soft because it's only one in the middle of the word. The next one that I want you to realize is that it has a double L. Okay, and remember what sound I told you that the double L makes? The sound is J, okay? Kind of like the J sound, right, in English. So it, if you see this, don't say estrella. No, don't say estrella, okay? No, 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 no. It's not estrella or estrella. It's estrella. Okay, ya, ya, ya. Repeat that many times. Ya, ya, ya. Estrella. Do you remember that example that I told you that George strays straight when he sings Amarillo by morning? Remember that? So wrong. I need to write him an email like if he's going to care, right? But hey, if you're going to sing a Spanish word, then say Amarillo. Well, same thing with Estrella, okay? And... um. So that's the reason why I, I thought it was very interesting to kind of tell you about this word because it has all these different, those, these two different points that is important for you to realize and, uh, and for you to, to start identifying, right? Now, this, uh, th these next ones are going to be super easy for you because, um, It's the same Navidad or Navideña. They're just different items that you're going to find on the Christmas celebration. Okie dokie. So, like I said, these words are going to be, the first one is going to be Christmas tree. Okay? So, tree, in Spanish, you say árbol. Árbol. I did it too strong, right? No, it's árbol. Árbol. And as you say, as you see, as you hear, it doesn't sound too strong as I did it the first time. It's not like that. It's árbol, and it's spelled A as an apple, R as in Robert, B as in boy, O as in Oscar, L as in Larry. Árbol, you can say it, most people would say árbol de Navidad, Christmas tree. Árbol de Navidad. And you remember that it's árbol, space, D-E, space, Navidad. You already should know how to spell that word. So árbol de Navidad has different words that we can learn within, right? Uh, the lights, you know, that you see on the Christmas trees, they're called, they're called luces. And luces is a, is a word that... You can say, okay, so light, you say loose, and you spell that L-U-Z, as in zebra. Now, 
We're not talking about that word right now. We're talking about luces, which is the plural uh, face of the word, right? We're talking about many, all those little Christmas lights, right? Luces, which is the plural of luz, is spelled L as in lorry, U as in umbrella, C as in cat, E as in elephant, S as in Sam, luces. I'm going to tell you a bonus thing if you are a lot into the spelling of the Spanish language, okay? And like I said, this is not, um, this is not something that you have to memorize. But if, if there's any of you that really cares a lot about the spelling, this is a good thing for you to know, okay? When you have a word that the singular word ends on Z as in zebra. The plural is always going to have a C as in cat, okay? Rather than an S or a Z or whatever. If the singular person is, it has a Z as in zebra, then the plural, it always going to have a C. Loose, loses. Lapis, lapises. You see what I mean? So it's going to be like that. You can remember that. It's a rule. And um, and like I said, most of the examples, Spanish, the rules um, are very, are more strict than, than what they are in English. Um, no offense to anybody, please. But you need to remember that I actually learned English when I was an adult already. So I, I, I and, and then I'm also learning Portuguese. So I see the difference on the grammar rules. Um, it's, it's very open, you know, I open it for me on, on this. Okay, so that's one, the loose, las luces. Okay, because remember, in, in this case, because for some reason, light or is, is, is feminine. So if you're going to talk about, about the lights or the Christmas lights, you say las. You remember that from last podcast? Las, L-A-S, luces navideñas. Or las luces de Navidad. Okay? Now, another thing that you can find in a Christmas tree would be ornaments. Okay? So, just the simple general um, idea of an ornament is going to be adornos. And that is A as an apple, D as an dog. O as an Oscar, R as an rabbit, N as an Nancy, O as an Oscar, S as an Sam. Adornos. Adornos. Also, you see that soft sound of the R in there? Adornos. Adornos. Now, when you are talking about those little, you know, the spheres, right? The crystallish, bright, colorful, little round things, the spheres. Okay, so that one is almost the same in Spanish, okay? It's going to be esferas. And also, check on that sound of the R on that word. E as an elephant, S as in Sam, F as in Frank, E as an elephant, R as in rabbit, E, I mean, A as an apple, S as in Sam, esferas, esferas. That is limited to the, the spheres, crystallish or covered with, you know, whatever, uh, glitter or whatever, however they are, but that's, that's specifically to the round ones, okay, esferas. And when we are talking about all in general ornaments, it's going to be adornos. And the star that goes on the top is going to be estrella. Do you remember that? Estrella. Also, you might um, have, for example, an angel on the Christmas tree. Okay? Uh, some people do. So that, you're not going to have any issues with that. The word in Spanish is spelled exactly the same way it's spelled in English. You just say it differently, and you just add an accent on the first A. So you have a first A with an accent, N as an Nancy, G as in giraffe, E as an elephant, L as in lorry, lorry. And you say angel, 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 
Same spelling, just remember your accent on the A. And if you're not going to write it down, don't worry about it. You just say, Ángel. Remember, the, the G in Spanish, rather than having that GG sound, is going to be more like a H, like a H sound. So it's Ángel, Ángel, Ángel. Okay? Okay, got it. So I don't think there is anything else that um, that we need to talk about with the Christmas tree. If you, if you think of something that you say, oh, she didn't mention how to say whatever, please send us an email. And I promise for next podcast, I will tell you the translation, spelling, and everything, the way to say it in Spanish. I, you know, I tried my best, but... Sometimes I just, you know, something might have just escaped my mind or my perception of, you know, I was trying to visualize the Christmas celebration and trying to think what words would be more helpful for you to know. So let's get out of the Christmas tree and go, of course, um, Christmas Day is basically dia, like the same word you used to say, you know, regular day, right? Dia. D as in dog, I as an igloo with an accent, A as an apple. Tia, that means day. Okay? De, again, D-E, Navidad. Okay? In this case, you cannot say Dia Navideño. No, that doesn't sound right. So in this case, it's going to be only Dia de Navidad. Christmas Day. Okay? Christmas Day. Dia de Navidad. So did you get the spelling for Dia? It's easy. Dia as in dog, I as an igloo with an accent, A as an apple. Space, D-E, dog, elephant, Navidad. Okay, now, um, so normally when you go and visit somebody on Christmas Day, you are going just to say Feliz Navidad. That's going to be pretty much your default. But if you are talking about, well, uh, when are you leaving? Oh, El Dia de Navidad. Right? Or when are you coming back? Oh, el día de Navidad. Now, so that's easy. Now, Christmas Eve gets a little tricky because it does not have the word Christmas anywhere. Okay? So Christmas Eve in Spanish is called Noche Buena. Noche Buena. Okay? Noche means night and Buena means good. Okay, so basically, um, this comes from the fact that that's the night in which, you know, Mary and Joseph came and then they asked for, you know, posada to stay in the house, blah, blah, blah. And that's the reason why they just call it like that, Noche Buena. And um, so let's spell that, even though you already should know how to spell Noche and also Buena. And the reason why it's buena and no bueno is because noche is considered uh, feminine, right? If you want to say the night, you're going to say la noche. You see what I mean? So noche buena. Okay. Noche is spelled N as in Nancy, O as in Oscar, C as in cat, H as in hotel, E as in elephant. You see that? Remember again the letter che, noche. And then buena is B as in boy, U as in umbrella, E as in elephant, N as in Nancy, A as in apple. Noche buena. Okay, and that's pretty much Christmas Eve. So most of people in Latin American countries, uh, and more for sure, I know, in, in Mexico, the, the bigger celebration is actually the Christmas Eve. Do you know that? And I want to talk to you a little bit about it. So people get together on Christmas Eve. People get together around 8 uh, in the evening. Remember that I told you that in most of Latin American countries, people eat dinner really late. And as, as far as I have learned also in Spain, I mean in Europe, at least in Spain, Portugal, people are eating dinner after 8 at night. So 8, 9 at night is your regular dinner time. Okay, so people show up at grandma's house or whoever member of the family um, and they all get together and and eat. Uh, it's, it's very common, depending on where you live, 
most of people in Christmas, they do the traditional food of the region uh, in which they live. So it's not very common to have like turkey and ham. Okay. I'm still going to show you how to say turkey and ham, but you're not going to see it very often. Maybe turkey more than ham. Okay. Turkey basically is spelled, it said pavo. Okay. And that's P as in Paul, A as in apple, V as in Victor, O as in Oscar. It's very simple. Pavo. Uh, in Spanish, you're going to hear it more like pavo relleno. And that means stuffed turkey, basically, right? And I want to tell you that in Mexico, actually, they do put, they cook the, the stuffing in a very different way that, they, that we do it here. Uh, in most of Latin American countries, the stuffing has uh, raisins and nuts, and it's very flavorful, uh, you know, peaches. And it's like a, a sweet, and also, of course, the bread, right? But it's more like a sweet and salty um, stuffing. And then once it's ready, guess what they do? The turkey has been cooking in the oven for, let's say, I don't know, three hours. And then they pull it out. They put the stuffing inside the turkey, you know, where you get all the guts from and all that. And then they uncover it. So it, it gets that golden, beautiful color. So basically the stuffing gets that uh, flavor from the turkey as well, and you leave it for another hour, okay? So relleno is spelled R as in Robert, E as in elephant, L as in Laurie, L as in Laurie, E as in elephant, N as in Nancy, O as in Oscar. And that means stuffed, okay? But it can also mean stuffing. If you're talking only about... The, the stuffing, you, they call it like that, relleno, because you use it to stuff the turkey, right? So you have learned these words that you can use in two different ways as well. Relleno can be, if you say pavo relleno, you're saying stuffed turkey, which is the way you're not going to hear only, do you want the turkey? People are normally going to say pavo relleno. Then if you uh, say, oh, yeah, I want... Uh, only the turkey, but I don't want the stuffing, then they would just cut a slice of the turkey for you. But that's the way they just, you know, speak about it, okay? And um, there's also common to have, they um, make like a pork leg or, you know, the baby uh, porks, also the, they're called lechon. And have you ever seen them with an apple, like in the mouth? And then they fill them with deliciousness, with spinach and cheese or Cubes of ham and bacon. Oh, my God, I'm getting so hungry now. Okay, so uh, those that's more common. Lechon, which means a baby pork, you know, the little ones. That one is spelled L as in lorry, E as in elephant, C as in cat, H as in hotel, O with an accent, N as in Nancy, lechon. And that's basically the baby pork. And you're going to hear this word again, lechon relleno. Why? Because the lechon has some stuff, stuffing inside, different things. Okay? So um, you're going to hear this thing. This is kind of the most common, you know, the, the, the pork leg with, you know, with some pineapple on top, basically. Take the place of the ham we use in here. And it's just pierna, you know, p as in pole, I as in igloo, E as in elephant, R as in rabbit, N as in Nancy, A as in apple. They don't necessarily say, uh, you know, pork leg. They just say pierna and everybody assumes they know what you what they are talking about. Okay. Now, of course, you know about the tamales and you know about all those, you know, things that uh, many people, uh, when I was in the, you know, I've been in the food service industry for a while, and everybody, when it starts getting November, are you going to make tamales? Are you going to make tamales? Are you going to make tamales? Because because everybody likes tamales. But it's a lot of work, you guys. I mean, I'm telling you, you do you make tamales, you're going to have a back ache for a week. I'm serious. I mean, I would do it if I have help. But if it's going to be only me, uh-uh, no, you're, nobody's going to trap me on that. <laughs> I couldn't buy them. But um, the other day I bought some in a supermarket and they were not good. Actually, I didn't like them. I was very disappointed. Uh, but I, I have a, I'm planning on making some 
But, um, okay, what I was going to tell you about tamales, and I'm sure you know how to spell it. T as in tomato, A as in apple. M as in Mary, A as in apple. L as in Larry. E as in elephant, S as in Sam. So, now, I hear a lot of people that when they're, when you talk about the plural, you say tamales, right? I have heard a lot of people that say, do you want a tamale? And I'm like, okay, well, don't, I hope that one is not going to be you, okay? Because the singular of the word tamales is only tamal, okay? So if you want to say in singular and you want to be speaking English, it doesn't matter. You can say, hey, do you want a tamal, okay? Don't put that E in there because that's not right. So it's going to be T as in tomato, A as in elephant, M as in Mary, A as in elephant, a as an apple. Oh, my God. El as in lorry. Tamal. Okay? And if it's a plural, it's going to be, you add an ES, and that makes it tamales. Okay? So next time you ask somebody, or you ask, hey, can I have a tamal? Just say tamal. Okay? All right. So another um, another things that you can hear on, on the Christmas celebration that, and, and I'm, the reason why I'm telling you all these, other than because that way you know how to say it, also because I want you to be able to understand what you're going to eat. What if you see something? You don't even know what it is. So uh, I want you to have an idea of what you're going to find if you're going to spend Christmas in one of those uh, Latin American countries or with a, with a Hispanic family. Your neighbors that invite you to go and, you know, and eat there. And like I said, it's going to be Christmas Eve. And then on Christmas Day, people come. I mean, they stay normally late on Christmas Eve. Everybody, you know, has a drink and eat and everything. And then they leave, I don't know, around midnight, go back to their houses. And then Christmas Day around 10, 9, you know, more 10 in the morning, they all get together on another family member's house. Uh, in, in my case, it's on my aunt's house. And then she has this, of course, you know, is what we call in Spanish recalentado, which means you serve the leftovers from the previous night. Then, like, you go in, in my case, um, you know, it's my aunt. And then you reheat, you, get, you eat the leftovers uh, from the previous night. And then you, uh, like my aunt, she always has uh, tamales and she makes hot cocoa and really strong coffee, uh, orange juice. And she decorates the house with, you know, the table really nice and pretty. And then the, the whole family exchanges presents. That's the time when you bring the presents to exchange. On, um, on the Noche Buena, which is a Christmas Eve, we just eat, celebrate, have fun, and most of people give presents to the kids then. But the adults exchange of presents happens more the next morning uh, during Christmas when you go and eat the like like I said the leftovers, which in Spanish is it's traditional. It doesn't it's nothing bad. It's just called recalentado, which is R as in Robin, Robin E as an elephant, C as in cat, A as an apple. L as in Larry, E as an elephant, N as in Nancy, T as in tomato, A as in apple, D as in dog, O as in Oscar. Recalentado, which means reheated. Can you believe it? That's exactly what it means. Calentado means heat, you know, heated. You know, calentar means heat, okay? So like when you heat up food, right? So basically that's exactly what it means, reheated. Recalentado. And it's nothing bad. It's perfect. People love it. Um, so basically, that's the way the celebration is going to happen. You're going to go to the basically party where everybody has fun and drinks and all that. And the Christmas Eve, Noche Buena. And then Christmas Day is going to be more of a brunch to eat um, el recalentado or the leftovers from the previous day and have like a sort of combination of breakfast and lunch. You know, a brunch. And give uh, presents, talk. And then people leave, I don't know, evening, they go back to their houses. So, yeah, the celebration is quite long uh, and, and pretty big. You know, normally you see a lot of people getting together and 
And, uh, and of course, in the Nochebuena is when people have the piñata. If they're religious, they sing and pray and do all that. If not, it's just a piñata for the kids to have fun. And, and, uh, and that's it. And, and then the, of course, the, the, the dinner and all that. So same thing with dinner, right? Cena, dinner, a cena de Navidad or Christmas dinner. Okay, that's cena is spelled C as in cat, E as an elephant, N as in Nancy, A as an apple. And that means dinner no matter what. Okay, so you can also say, if you want to say what's for dinner, you can say que hay para cenar. So it's, it's the same word. Um, que es la cena, basically. What are you serving for dinner, right? Uh, so dinner is spelled, is said cena and then space, de, space, Navidad. Cena de Navidad, okay? And that is what you eat on la noche buena or Christmas Eve, okay? Then in the morning, same as, you know, it's, they call it the same way, cena de Navidad, just because everybody's getting together to celebrate Christmas, even though it's not a dinner, all right? So, let's see, let's see. Also, we have, of course, I told you first thing when we started this, this episode, Feliz Navidad or Merry Christmas. We know that one. And, of course, um, how about the Christmas canes? You know, the little um, uh, minty flavor, or maybe maybe they have different flavors. But So, candy cane in Spanish, you say caramelo. Caramelo. C as in uh, uh, cat, A as in apple, R as in Robert, A as in apple, M as in Mary, E as in elephant, L as in lorry, O as in Oscar. Caramelo. You see that sound that is very soft on the R? Caramelo. So that, in, in some countries, in uh, especially I think in Spain, they call caramelos to every single type of candy, okay? In Latin America, caramelo is more that specifically candy cane, okay? And the regular candies, they're called dulces, which you might find in the piñata when you beat it. And uh, so dulce is spelled D as in dog, U as in umbrella, L as in lorry, C as in cat, E as in elephant. Dulce, and if you're talking plural, many candies, then you're saying dulces. You just add an S at the end, S as in Sam, and you call them dulces. Okay, so candy cane, caramelo, candy, dulces, or dulce. Okay, now, um, like you guys know, um, Christmas, just the word, right? Christmas is um, it's just Navidad. Some people you some people you're gonna hear it they they say natividad, but like I said the uh like the ninety nine percent of the people that you talk to in Spanish is gonna be navidad. Another food let me tell you before I run out of time, um, the another drink that you can find on these on these Christmas celebration posadas is going to be called ponche, ponche, um. And that's spelled P as in Paul, O as in Oscar, N as in Nancy, C as in cat, H as in hotel, E as in elephant. Ponche has a lot of similarities with what we know here as punch, okay? Like citrus punch or whatever punch. However, I'm going to tell you, you need to be careful because the ponche on the posadas, okay, think about a fruit soup, okay? So you they, they start boiling some water and they throw a bunch of different seasonal fruits. Um, I'm not going to go into the names of those right now because it's going to go on the foods episode, okay? But they, they put a lot of fruits and sugar cane, the actual original, like the stick, you know, the sugar cane in it to give flavor. They don't put any sugar or any sweeteners. You get the sugar from the real thing right? The sweetness. Um, they let it boil until the fruits are really nice and, you know, cooked. Then they throw a whole bottle of rum in it, 
And they serve it hot in a mug because normally Christmas is a, is a cold time of the year. And when you drink it, it doesn't taste. Oh, hold on. They put the bottle, the whole bottle in it, and then they turn it off. So it doesn't continue evaporating, you know, the whole thing, right? But you still need to put the liquor while it's at. The thing is that when you, when you drink it, it, you're, it, it seems so, uh, so, uh, like simple. And it's like, no, you don't, you can never think that something like that is going to hit you. You're drinking your, you drink, like if it's a little tea because it's nice and warm, it doesn't taste like anything. And you finish drinking your cup, just wait until you eat the fruit on the bottom. That stuff is going to hit you. <laughs> so that's what I'm telling you. Watch out because, <laughs> yeah, I'm t- I don't want to tell you those stories, but woohoo. You're sitting down enjoying the minute you get up to go to the bathroom, the, the world starts spinning on you. It's so crazy. And, um, and many, we don't, we just don't think about it, right? You're just like, oh, it's like a tea. No, uh, uh, no, it's not like a tea. And you want to ask, um, in most of places, when they make the ponche before they pour the rum, they save some for the kids. So you want to ask, be sure to ask because, yeah, uh, some people don't care. They just don't feed the kids that they make uh, hot cocoa or other drinks for the kids because they don't want to get, you know, confused. So, but you want to ask. And ponche, normally, it, for the most part, it does have a whole bottle of rum for one big pot of it. So that would be the ponche and also the rompope, which is pretty much eggnog. Okay, so if you want eggnog, the way you need to ask for it is rompope. And that is R as in Robert, O as in Oscar, M as in Mary, P as in Paul, O as in Oscar, P as in Paul, E as in elephant. Rompope is exactly very similar, not exactly, very similar to eggnog. And it, at least in Mexico, it, it was the, the nuns in the center part of Mexico started making it for, you know, people from Spain when they came, the big, um, big wigs of the Catholic church or politicians or whatever. So they, they make it. And then, of course, it also has rum. Um, and it can hit you pretty good too. That one you can find in most of stores. And let me tell you, when you go to the store and buy a bottle of rompope, which you see that strong sound on the R, don't let them fool you. Here in the United States, the eggnog, you buy it and it doesn't have alcohol, right? For the most part. But like if you find it on a regular um, store, it's not going to have any alcohol. Any bottle of rompope that you find in Mexico in a regular grocery store has rum. Okay. So I just want you to be aware of those things when you go and, you know, go and have your uh, your trip to the Caribbean or Colombia or Mexico, whatever. If you see a bottle of rompope, it is going to have alcohol. You can read it. They might be doing something different. But the last last year when I went to Mexico and I bought a bottle of rompope, it was pretty strong So and very delicious, actually. Okay, so basically, guys, this is, I, I just wanted to give you an idea. I still have more words to tell you, but we are pretty much out of time. And I want, what I'm going to do, I promise I'm not going to lose my notes. I'm going to save the, the other words for next week. And that way, uh, you don't, you don't miss them. Okay. So I want to wish you all a Merry, Merry Christmas. Feliz Navidad. I send you a big hug and I wish you the best. I hope these Christmas celebrations, you have a lot of fun. You enjoy with your family or with your friends or whoever makes you happy. And I hope you have a wonderful, uh, Christmas or holidays celebration. Thank you so much for being at Spanish with Carla, Episode 6, Special Edition, Christmas. So thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful week. I will talk to you next week. 